There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Support for the Sexually Liberated Woman podcast comes from Shockrobes. Shockrobes makes beautiful, handcrafted sexual wellness products from 100% pure crystal. Crystals are a natural earth-made material that help to awaken higher levels of consciousness, work through emotional imbalances, and heal deep core wounding. Take all of that and put it in sex toy form and you've got yourself a mighty orgasmic tool. I have my own shock rub that's made of 100% rose quartz, which is this really beautiful soft pink crystal that helps me cultivate self-love, opens my heart chakra, and heightens my capacity to feel pleasure. And my orgasms are incredible, you guys. So if you want to bring sacredness and a little witchiness to your erotic life, head to shockrubs.com and use the code LIBERATION to get 10% off your purchase. That's C-H-A-K-R-U-B-S dot com, promo code LIBERATION, and tell them Evian sent you. the Sexually Liberated Woman podcast. I'm Evian Whitney, and today I want to talk about sluts. The word slut is a pejorative word that has been used to describe people, predominantly women and girls, who have a certain number of sexual partners who exhibit certain sexually proud behaviors and dress in a certain way. For years, sluts have been demonized and vilified and deeply shamed, but lately I've been seeing a reclamation of the slut happening. Women are beginning to use this word as a way to proclaim sex positivity and reclaim ownership of their sexuality. In the last few years, I myself have been dabbling and uncovering my inner slut and trying to understand how she fits in my sexual liberation journey, which I'll talk more about later. But for now, we cannot talk about sexual liberation without talking about the slut. 
and to give even more perspective on who the slut is and why she is a sexually liberated woman, I've invited self-proclaimed slut and general boss lady Kristen Corvette of the blog Sluttist to share her wisdom on sluthood, sexual agency, and the reclamation of this word. And then at the end of our conversation, I'll share with you my own personal journey of how I am uncovering my inner slut today. Stay tuned. So I'm really excited to talk to you today, Kristen, about um, sluts, (laughs) about sluthood and how essentially women can begin to embrace their sluttiness, uh, their promiscuity as a way of sexual empowerment, sexual liberation. Um, but I'm really curious about your journey as a slut. And I'm, and I mean, you write for the sluttist, the sluttist.com is your gig. Um, but I want to know, like, when did you first realize that you were a slut? (laughs) Uh, probably when someone else called me one for the first time, but no, I think maybe I want to back up and say, I think defining the words slut is so different for everyone that I think there can be, you know, someone that identifies as a slut that's only had sex with one person, you know? I think there could technically even be virginal sluts. I think it's more like a desire for pleasure, and I think that can be defined in so many different ways. Um, Myself, I think it was growing up with um, divorced parents at a very young age, seeing um, one date and one remarry and um, sort of seeing the inner workings of relationships and sexuality that you don't often see if you have maybe a more traditional family life. And uh, from there, I think I I said, well, I don't really want to follow that, you know, uh, one person forever and ever, that's it for me, genitals on lockdown. I think I was like, well, I want to explore more about, you know, my own sexuality, what that means, and kind of make that a lifetime journey. doesn't mean I don't have intense, awesome relationships with people, um, or even like have primary relationships. But I still think for me, slut means sort of free from the, um, patriarchal body control that says, you know, women have to act a certain way, be a certain way, keep their legs together. You know, I love that. I love that so much because I feel like there's a reclaiming that's happening around the word slut. Like I know when I heard slut being used in middle school, high school, even today, sometimes I hear it being used as a woman who is promiscuous, who sleeps around a lot, has a lot of partners. Um, And one of the reasons why I am really interested in the word slut and beginning to explore my own sluttiness is because it seems like that that word is shifting to mean something else. Like it's not, it's no longer derogatory or, I mean, it is in some, in some corners of the right. world. I mean, I think there are a lot of people that uh, still have those beliefs about sluttiness being this evil, awful thing, yeah. but I'm seeing a reclamation happening and I'm seeing that it doesn't necessarily mean someone who has a lot of partners it looks to me like women who are unabashedly embracing their erotic energy uh, their sexual bodies and playing with that and so I guess I want to know like what I mean I I kind of feel like you answered that question a little bit but like I wanted to know like what is the definition to you of of being a slut Ooh, I think it just means sexually empowered and following your own desires, whatever that may be. I think you can be an asexual slut. And I think that's the problem. Like a lot of sex positive feminism has a bad rap because 
I think people think it means you have to go out and fuck as many people as you possibly can or something. And that's can be very damaging and not fun for plenty of people. It really depends on your personality and what you're, you know, physically comfortable with. You know, I would never want to place that burden on someone else, like a definition like I made, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I think, yeah, if it has to go down to just self-defined in a way, like you got to come to the slutness yourself and then you're a slut if you say you're a slut and that's it. I don't think there has to be a, uh, like on the internet back in the day, there was like the slut quiz. It was like a hundred questions you, you answer to see if you are indeed a slut. And it was just all like what different kinds of foursomes or weird places you've had sex. Yeah, I remember those quizzes. I remember taking those quizzes and not not scoring very high on the on the slut meter. <laughs> I mean, I think for a while when I was young, I was the opposite in a way that I thought you had to do all this stuff to be cool. Like, And I think I did a lot of sexual things that I wasn't that excited about. I just did it because I thought you had to do that to be empowered. And that's yeah. not the right way to go about it. So right. <laughs> to me, I came the other way. It was like, you got to learn that saying no can be awesome too. Mm. So it really depends on who you are and where you come from, I think, and your background to where you find your own sluttiness. Yeah. But I like like at the very like beginning of it, it is about someone who accepts themselves sexually, someone who um, embraces their sexuality. I love that. And I, I feel like that's something that anyone can get behind, even asexuals, even virgins. Yeah. So how did your slut journey take you to here? Like, tell me more about that. Like, how did that come about for you? Well, I guess, um, I had thought about all these things in my head, in my personal life and sexuality and slutdom and all that. And uh, in my professional life, I was always a freelance writer, more like arts journalism. Um, but um, I thought, you know, I always wrote about gender stuff, but not as much sex stuff. I just was always like, I'd have a double entendre in there. You know, I always love a dick joke or that's what she said or whatever. I'm that kind of person. I have a body sense of humor. <laughs> it just kept it like on, you know, maybe more, you know, in person. But then... I think it was uh, 2012, you know, when the um, the word slut really came back with a vengeance in, you know, popular culture and in politics with the Sandra Fluke uh, congressional hearing and Rush Limbaugh calling her a slut. Mm-hmm. And I um, just kept thinking, God, you know, this is just, I'm so behind this message of sexual empowerment in my own life. Why don't I start writing about that instead of reviewing some record I don't really care about or writing about some restaurant or, you know, just something that wasn't really my passion as much my personal mm-hmm. passion. So I actually just turned 30. So I decided this is a good time to really just come out as a giant slut. So I st- <laughs> <laughs> yes, dirty 30s. Um, for sure. Like, it was just time. And I felt old enough that I could sort of handle maybe the backlash that might come. And I wanted a sort of witty, because I'm a bit of an academic nerd too. And I wanted there to be sort of this idea of it as a philosophy, like slutism. So I thought sluttist, was a kind of a fun name and it started out as my own site just to write about where I'd see the word in popular culture where female sexuality was being maligned or persecuted or celebrated and then it just kind of snowballed I had a lot of artist friends and writer friends and community in New York and people started contributing and then it really picked up into this bringing the witch into it because that's a whole other thread that had been in my life maybe on the, on the DL, uh, even though my, my mom's definitely a witch and I grew up with all that and really talk about that. 
but then it suddenly all came together because witch and slut have so much shared history and then a yeah, lot of these writers contributing were witches and and sluts and it would just became this thing now there's like 40 writers and it's going strong on its own little pace so did that surprise you like did did it surprise you to see that there's so many people behind this word slut and behind the movement of sexual empowerment like yeah because I know that that would have surprised me a lot like because I mean slut is a pretty I mean I know people have their own hang-ups with saying the word sex but slut is one of those words that people just do not want to say they do not want to look at they do not want to read so like were you surprised that you had like so many people behind this? Yes. I mean, not necessarily friends my own age that I knew shared, you know, my mindset, but let's say my mom will show the site to her friends or something and they'll be first shocked and then say, oh yeah, I, I dig this. You know, they're from like the 60s and 70s, you know, consciousness raising feminist crew. And that second wave is kind of different, but actually a lot of them have gotten on board too. And I have older like contributors and, you know, all different types of people. So yeah, I think I'm still surprised and also surprised on the other end, like um, when I try to get people involved and I say the name and they're a little, oh, okay, I'm, I don't want to be part of your porn site. Mm. I'm like, oh, it's not pornography, but then I, we have a little chat and sometimes it works out, but sometimes not. I think a lot of people are still kind of scared of the S word. Yeah. And they have pretty good reason. I was actually, before we got on this call, I was looking at the interview that you did for the Huff Post about the witch as a feminist icon. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of similarities and parallels between the witch and the slut. I was, um, have you ever heard of the book uh, Promiscuities by no Naomi Wolf? I know Naomi Wolf, but I have not read Promiscuities. Oh my gosh, it's so, so good. Like this, this book actually helped me begin my journey of stepping into sluthood. And there's this one um, part in the book where she's talking about the history of the word slut and the idea of women being promiscuous and like what that looks like. And she said something about how there is a witch hunter's Bible that said, all witchcraft comes from carnal lust, which is in women insatiable. Yes. I never realized until reading this book how incredibly similar the the life of the slut and the life of the witch are in terms of how they're demonized, how they're put down, and how they've been like shamed for a lot of years. I wondered if you could speak more about the witch and the slut and why you think it is that they're so similar. Right. Well, actually, that witch hunting Bible is uh, the Malleus Maleficarum from 1487, uh, which I know a lot about because it's just so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, just to share another quote, I actually was working on something today, quoting from it. Uh, besides the one you mentioned, which is a great one, this one, adulterous drabs and whores are chiefly given to witchcraft. Um, <laughs> which is crazy, right? Like when I was reading it, I didn't really realize how like being a sexual woman and being carnal and having that sexual energy was seen as evil. I mean, for like hundreds and hundreds of years, even in my own upbringing as, as a woman, I was taught that women are naturally frigid. Like they don't, they're not the ones that are trying to have sex and stuff. So when I hear quotes like that, like it, it really perplexes me because I'm like, wait, this isn't, this isn't what we've been taught. This, is, this isn't what I heard. So it's, it's interesting how that changed. Yeah, well, I think it's always been sort of both. There's the slut prude virgin whore. That's the only options for us, you know? We don't get anywhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, but I think the slut witch parallel is so fascinating because there are both words that can be applied arbitrarily based on 
no, you know, real sort of one codified set of uh, guidelines. You know, slut can be applied to anyone. Could be a woman in a miniskirt. It could be just some woman that upsets someone that they just use that, you know, term, which the same thing. It, it, oftentimes the women who were put to death or tortured or raped or ostracized for being witches didn't identify with any alternative spirituality or any other practice. You know, they were just women, wrong place, wrong time. Maybe women who uh, spoke out in, in against something or who didn't attend church or who looked at their neighbors sideways or who were widows or older women or women with money and the townspeople wanted to get rid of them. Just sort of these like arbitrary distinctions that were used to demonize women. Um, and obviously then, you know, which has a lot more meat to it because there are a lot of practices that are associated with that, you know. So that's mm -hmm. a whole other uh, conversation. But right. the links are just so fascinating. I can't get enough of them. <laughs> yeah, and it's really interesting to see how the witch is also becoming in vogue in our culture. Like, I can't go anywhere without seeing people talk about crystals and tarot and altars and, and things like that. So I, I want to know from you, like from your professional experience, like why do you think it is that we're seeing this kind of insurgence of both the witch and the slut right now? Well, I think it um, has to do with the rise of feminism in pop culture as well. I think that has become a buzzword more than in years past. And part of that feminism today is really a sex positive feminism, I think. A lot of it, not all of it. <laughs> yeah. But that sex positive feminism really speaks to the witch because the witch offers this sort of model of alternative empowerment outside patriarchy for women. You know, it's... Uh, individually based and yet communally based and it's earth conscious and it's sort of anti-capitalistic and it, it offers something that we're not getting as women. It offers sort of this freedom, I think. And I think uh, slut, you know, does the sort of same thing, but which is tied to such a rich history and aesthetic too. You know, you, right. you can't get enough of the aesthetic. Um, I personally always dressed like quote unquote a witch, whether I tried to or not. It's just what I was always into from my first time I saw Maleficent and Sleeping Beauty at three years old. That was yeah. like an evil queen with horns, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I just think it's things rise for a reason when they're needed, you know? And uh, it just seems like a time where women's rights are still threatened. Our bodily autonomy is really, really going down the drain. And what better way is there to think that there's some powerful figure you can align yourself with to really fight back, uh, at least for yourself in your own ways? Yeah. So like on that note, what advice would you give women or what tips would you give women about how to begin to embrace their inner slut? And, um, and maybe before you answer that, like maybe we can talk about learning how to drop some of the baggage around that word, because I can imagine there are some people that are listening to this and they're like, okay, so female empowerment, sexual empowerment, all that sounds great, but I still can't get behind the word slut. Like it sounds bad. It's just, it's derogatory. What would you say to that person? Well, some people, I believe it's just too damaged for them to get behind, but they can get behind the ideas, like you said. And I think that's okay. I would never mm -hmm. want to force that word into anyone's mouth because everyone has a different understanding. But if there's some hope for you to get over it, because it is such a hurtful word, anytime you would claim a word, it just takes the power away, you know? Right. Why should the oppressors have the power? Like, that's not fair. Let's, let's take it back. You don't have to sing, you know, a song with your name in it with the word slut, but it's <laughs> <laughs> still a way to at least take the negative charge away from it. And I know that's so different for everyone. That's a really great question. Um, 
I think for me, it's always going to come down to yourself, not your relationship with anybody else, not you, not sex with anybody else. I think it's always going to come down to self-care, self-love, uh, masturbation. <laughs> yeah. I think those are always good places to start because mm-hmm. how can you be comfortable with your sexuality if you can't be comfortable one-on-one with yourself? Yeah, because, you know, I think, I think a lot of people, and we were kind of talking about this before we started recording, like a lot of people associate sluttiness with like wearing really tight, short things and like showing off skin. And that can be a, a component of sexual expression and, and slutty expression. But I know that that doesn't really work for a lot of people. Like a lot of the, my most favorite sluts, the ones that I'm like girl crushing on, they're sex workers. Mm-hmm. And I love sex workers, but I don't want to feel like I have to be a sex worker in order to be a bona fide slut. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. The work that sex workers do to reclaim sluttiness and reclaim the words of whore and slut and that's good for that end and there should be the more everyday reclaiming too because that is also I mean there's so much violence against sex workers that's the real issue and there's also violence against the everyday like girls and women on the street and the word slut is used you know to police them to call them out I mean how many times are there stories of rapes and, you know, even murders because someone thought the girl deserved it because she was a slut, something like that, you know? It's like it dehumanizes a woman. It makes her unworthy um, to live even the same word, same way the word witch did in hundreds of years ago. I think for everyday women trying to think of the S word, it really depends on the community too. I think you got to have some solidarity. You got to get like at least a friend or two in on it with you. I think that that can really help. Um, I got my slut friends. That's, that's the crew grows, you know, by the month. (laughs) I'm so glad you brought that up because I know that as I've been exploring my sluttiness, I've been feeling like it's a lot easier when I have a, like a, a solid group of women that are behind this movement as well and that are cheering me on and they can see me. Like, for instance, I have this super private, um, I message chat where we send each other like naked selfies and it's been so healing and it's been so powerful and so positive and so um, I would love to hear more uh, suggestions that you might have about how we can bring more community around this and and particularly sisterhood around this because I don't know about you but I feel so badass knowing that I have a group of amazing kick-ass women behind me and if I want to wear like a short skirt or whatever, I don't know, even if they're not in person, even if they're like all the way across the country, there's just something really special about knowing that there's someone that's got your back. I totally agree. And I think sexting with your friends is definitely an important step. Yes, I love sexting with friends. It's so good. (laughs) And I think there's a lot of, like you said, you have a private iMessage. There's Facebook groups that are private that I'm part of that are amazing. There's so many of them, you know, just communities of women all over the country and the world too, to talk about these issues. Cause I think it's talking about them, brings them out of the darkness, makes it feel more okay. So I think the more you can talk, the more you can read, there's so many interesting books on the idea of, you know, like the ethical slut, that's like the basic one-on-one, but I think everyone should try reading ethical slut. You know, even if you're never going to go beyond monogamy, even if you're asexual, you know, ethical slut offers so many options for rethinking how your sexuality works within your life and within partnerships and relationships and friendships. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a good step, educating yourself. 
Um, I mean, naked photo shoots, even if you don't give anyone the photos, those are always useful. I mean, all you need is a tripod and like get that auto timer. You don't have to have anyone there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it seems like, I mean, and we've touched on this a little bit, but it definitely seems like being a slut isn't about anyone else. It's about you owning your erotic power, your sexual prowess and finding a sense of pride about that. So it makes sense that the way toward embracing your inner slut starts within, like it starts with you being able to see yourself as a sexual woman, take those selfies, find people who are sex positive that will celebrate your sexual body with you without sexualizing it. Um, It seems like, yeah, to, to be a slut, you have to love yourself first and foremost. Absolutely. I think that's, that's the key. And however you want to do that, you know, would differ from person to person. So who are your favorite sluts? Oh, man. Elvira is my number one favorite slut. Ah, she's got great cleavage. God. And she's spooky and funny. That's the thing. Elvira has, you know, the jokes and uh, and the the confidence and she's self-effacing. I I do think humor and sexuality sometimes don't mix. People want to be all like serious, glamorous. That's cool. But I think having a little ability to laugh at yourself is, is helpful. So... I do love Elvira for that. Um, definitely my number one slut icon, I think. Who else? Uh, well, who are yours? Maybe I can think of another one while you... Oh my gosh, <laughs> mine are like, minor people. I'm like really obsessed with Instagram models. <laughs> like I'm, I'm known right now to sort of go through um, like the explore uh, option and in Instagram and just like look at these beautiful women who are just showing off their bodies and it's just like oh gosh and that's actually what really got me interested and intrigued by being a slut when I realized that you know this isn't about women who are um, trying to do this for the male gaze like they're just feeling themselves and and I love this idea of because I'm all about self-care and self-love and taking selfies as a way of of um, learning to love yourself and, and love your reflection. And I started thinking like, man, if that's something that you can do with taking selfies, imagine what you could do if you would take sexual selfies. Like how would you see your sexuality? Um, how much more pride, how much more comfort would you feel as a sexual woman if you took more sexual selfies? So that's kind of been my thing like I've been really really interested and intrigued by sexual selfies or sexting myself as I like to say um, as a way of fostering sexual acceptance and um, yeah sexual self-love because that's so important because if you can't feel a sense of confidence and a sense of comfort in your sexual body there's no way that you're going to be able to share that with someone else I mean you can it's just probably not going to be the best time for everyone (laughs) won't be as good for you because you'll be too worried about how you look or how you're coming off or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. But as for a person, like a specific person, Rihanna is like the first person that comes to mind as someone who completely embodies just that badass, don't fuck with me. Like I will cut you, but I'm still like really soft and I know like my sexual power. Like I love that. I love that. I love that she doesn't wear bras most of the time. That's like something that I'm really into as an aesthetic. She does not need a bra. No one needs a bra, really. I mean, I know right? if you really, really well endowed, I guess it's really painful unless you wear one. But right. <laughs> free. Set them free. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is so awesome. So what advice would you give to a woman who wants to begin to embrace 
her slutty side. Hmm. I also think besides um, the documentation aspect, like videos and selfies, there is something to be said for like traveling alone somewhere, being alone, going in the middle of the woods and just taking your clothes off, running around. I know that's super weird. but just No, like, I dig it. I love it. Down with nudity in nature with no pictures, nothing, no one there. It's just you. It happened because you know it did and just like feeling, I don't know. I, I once streaked late at night like around a, a neighborhood <laughs> and I was like, when I was like 19 and it changed my life. <laughs> Like, this is so amazing. No one saw anything. And that was, you know, I wasn't looking for anyone to watch. It was more like, whoa, I can be free and nude and, like, this is great. So I guess along those lines, a nude beach, although I've never been to one because I feel like there's just too much to look at. And that's that's cool if that's your jam. But I just think, you know, doing the alone thing is, is, my, is my way. Oh, I love that. I'm a big fan of being nude in nature. And there's also something very witchy about that, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Just like, yeah being able to just be totally free, have your yoni flapping in the wind, just like <laughs> hugging trees. I love that. I love that. And I've been to nude beaches before and, you know, kind of hoping to experience that kind of essence of it. And it's not. There's usually just like really weird, creepy dudes. <laughs> yeah. So before I let you go, I have this um, segment that I'm playing around with. Okay. We'll see how it goes. This will be the first time that I've done it on someone. Okay. Um, where I'm going to ask some rapid fire questions about personal things. Sure. So my first question is describe your last orgasm in a word. Long. Oh, okay. <laughs> if your sexual energy were an animal, what would it be? wolf Ooh, why uh just a hunter on the prowl <laughs> oh i like that i or like maybe it an alley cat i don't know <laughs> oh i like it i love it so a couple weeks ago i wrote about uh, erotic muses which like people that you see their sexual essence and you would love to like bottle it up and take regular doses of if you could and i wanted to know what are your erotic muses or who are your erotic muses oh betty page um brigitte bardot oh that's a good one um eartha kit Oh, she's my fave. I love her. Yeah. Pamela Anderson. Yeah. Whatever happened to her? She's back in the game. She had a new um, small series she just filmed that I haven't seen yet. But... No way. She's like a slut icon. Yeah, for sure. She's, she's still out there. I remember discovering my dad's uh, Playboy with her on the cover when I was like eight. It was like, still have it. I stole it. I still have it. <laughs> and I bet, d does your dad know that it was you that took it? I don't know. I don't think I'm ever going to discuss that with him. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. I totally get it. Next question. What is your opinion of the term making love? It gives me the creeps. Yeah. <laughs> Although there is nothing more amazing than love and passion in sex, not just like straight up you know, physicality. So I have, I think that's a beautiful thing, but for some reason the term always felt like, 
I don't know, too intimate to say aloud. Like it should be unspoken. <laughs> I hear that a lot. That's kind of what I get too from the word or th- from the term making love. Like it seems, it, it seems like too much and also really corny at the same yes, time. Yes, yes, yeah. I can't take it. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like, oh, it's it's weird. Like it gives me the chills when I hear it. Yes, I'm like, oh, yes. I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying behind it, but mm, I don't know. Um, what is one song that helps you get into the mood? Oh. The song Sex Action by L.A. Guns. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of it, but I'm going to listen to it right after this call. What advice would you give your younger self about sex? You have so much more time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> hmm. I like it. All right. And lastly, what are you reading right now? Hmm. I'm reading... Uh, the Witches, Salem, uh, 1692 by Stacey Schiff. It's a whole uh, retelling of the, the Salem Witch Trials. Fantastic. So where can people find you? Where can people uh, get connected with you? I am on sluttist.com. That's S-L-U-T-I-S-T. And sluttist on Twitter, sluttist on Instagram. And there's plenty of other people on there too. But I'm, I'm the slut uh, in charge at the moment. So... That's uh, where I'm at usually at. Fantastic. Thank you so much for, for coming on. And I would love to actually have you come on again because I feel like this subject is so much bigger. Like we only touched on a very small portion of it. And yeah, you can come back anytime. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. My favorite topic, Sluts Unite. <laughs> yeah, go sluts. <laughs> <laughs> When I was 14, I was completely transfixed by the idea and actualization of the slut. I wanted to be promiscuous so badly, not just because I wanted to get a taste of the sexual power that seemed to come with promiscuity, but to get closer to what I was racing to become, a woman. I did everything I could to embody the slut, almost to the detriment of my reputation, because as I soon found out, to claim the word slut for myself was a double-edged sword. I had sexual power, well, as much as a clueless, naive adolescent girl can have, but that also meant being subjected to objectification. I learned the hard way of the repercussions of hinting at a sexual maturity that did not, could not exist. And for the rest of my teens, well into my 20s, I returned to a state of erotic innocence, trying my best to stay within the bounds of modesty and chastity, even after I got married. But lately I've been feeling like I'm being sucked back into sluthood again, feeling an undeniable calling to experiment with some of the same things that nearly destroyed my character back in high school. And it all started with Instagram. I've gotten into the bad habit recently of perusing through my feed at late hours of the night as I try to find sleep. One evening in particular, I was laying in bed doing my mindless swiping when I stumbled upon her profile. She was what I guess you'd call an Instagram model. She was stunning, her body stacked with deep cleavage, a perfect round ass, and big pouty lips. 
In this particular picture, her leg was positioned strategically up to hide her vulva, and her nipples were hidden by her forearms, which were held up to hold her phone. She posed in front of a mirror, smiling coyly, her caption self-celebrating. At first glance, I had two reactions, each coming from a completely different part of me. One, wow, why would someone take a picture of themselves like that? That's not very classy. And two, ah, there she is, a sexually liberated woman. Now that first reaction I'm familiar with, that's a voice I've heard before, one which stems from my previously fucked up history with the word slut and any kind of sexual expression that involves women brazenly wearing their sexuality on their bare chests. It was that second reaction that really piqued my interest. I had no idea where that voice was coming from, this quiet but powerful feeling that seemed to say yes. Suddenly, I felt led by an intense curiosity to learn more about this woman, who she was, what she did, and what possessed her to show off her body in this way. I perused through all of her pictures, continuing to swipe for the next hour. Very quickly, I was becoming entranced by the slut again, and I didn't know it at the time, but that was when I began to uncover my inner slut. And not just uncover her, but unlearn my own deeply embedded slut shame. Because while I was fascinated by this concept of indecent sexual ownership, mostly because it is such a far cry from my own shy, coy sexual expression, with each new profile I found, I continued to wrestle with feelings of judgment. The lewdness of their photographs, the way they pose scantily clad, sometimes wearing nothing but cutesy little hearts over their nipples, the unapologetic gazes they give that invite you to look. Seeing all of this, I couldn't help but feel disturbed. These are the women my mother had warned me about. Harlots, readily making themselves objects of sexual desire. Sluts, totally unashamed of their sins. As I dug deeper into this world of wanton sexuality, both my curiosity and my criticism grew steadily, confusing the other simultaneously. Until I saw this photo, and I'll describe it for you. It's your typical Instagram model pose, posing with your booty on the bathroom counter as you look over your shoulder and into the mirror in front of you. But plastered inside this picture, is a field of text that she, the model, had received from an ex-boyfriend. In this text, he was calling out her open sexual expression. He was slut-shaming her. The caption. We live in a world where our sexuality is governed exclusively for male consumption, where we are taught that desperate women take off their clothes and powerful women leave them on. Because why else would a woman be naked if not to appease the male gaze? Every nude I take is a radical rejection of the patriarchal ownership of my sexuality, my body, my worth. It allows me to take my sexuality back for myself, creating and evolving its meaning on my own terms. Now, let's pause for a moment. You know when you happen upon something big, a truth, a piece of information, an inner knowing, tired of being ignored, that illuminates a hidden part of you. When those deep, dark pieces that need healing from you finally get challenged in one quick moment. And it happens so quick, this flash of enlightenment, that if you're not totally present, you'll miss it. But if you do catch it, you feel unsteady on your feet, dizzied by a flash of aha. 
That's what reading that caption was like for me. It seems a little silly that some random Instagram post could create such a catalyst within me, but it did. Those few sentences shook the bones of the beliefs I had about my sexual body, and it opened my eyes to my own internalized slut-shame. Suddenly, my entire perspective on how I saw the immodest sexual expressions of others was changing, just like that. It took me about two weeks to process all of this, and in that time, I grieved all the power and sexual ownership the 14-year-old me had given away so freely to boys who did not respect it when I was thrown into sexual expressions that were not mine, situations that I did not fully consent to. At 14, the voice of my budding sexuality really never belonged to me. It was stifled and warped by the male gaze. That's why I want to be a slut. I want to be a slut to reclaim all of those years where my sexuality was stifled by the dominant narrative that says my erotic identity can only be legitimized by the hands of a man. I want to be a slut to help change the notion that says I am more powerful, more respected, with my erotic self hidden. I want to be a slut because I love my sexual body and I want to flaunt it as an act of radical self-love. I want to be a slut to challenge the male gaze and to take my sexual power back as a queer person of color. I want to be a slut as a way to claim my sexual agency. I want to be a slut because this kind of audacious sexual ownership and celebration has always seemed off limits to me. I want to be a slut because I am trying to reclaim that word. The word slut and its many synonyms, whore, harlot, nymphomaniac, promiscuous, and fallen woman, has been used for years to describe a woman with voracious sexual appetite. Essentially, it's a word that has been used to cut down the erotic expressions of healthy, sexually curious women, and it has deep roots in misogyny, sexism, racism, and rape culture. That meaning has yet to change for the rest of the world, but it's taken on a new meaning for me. A slut is a woman whose sexuality belongs totally to her and no one else's. It's someone who celebrates and is an activist for the sexual expressions of others, including the ones our culture has taught us to shun, like strippers and other sex workers. A slut is a feminist. A slut's sexuality is sacred. Her body is one of the last remaining temples used to worship her holy magic. To be a slut means to own your sexual desires. To be a slut means to take up space with your erotic power. To be a slut means to be a sexually liberated woman. Thank you for listening to the Sexually Liberated Woman podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it with a friend or maybe even a fellow slut. You can also personally tell me how much you love this via email, evian at sexloveliberation.com. I want to know if I should keep having discussions like this. As for me, you can find me on Instagram at evian.whitney, that's E-V-Y-A-N period W-H-I-T-N-E-Y. 
where I'm sexting myself and taking slutty pictures of my own. And on my blog, sexloveliberation.com, where I write essays about sex, sensuality, and erotic empowerment. And if you want to be a sexually liberated woman, go to sexloveliberation.com slash SLW, and maybe I'll be chatting with you about your journey of erotic empowerment someday. See you in the next episode. Support for the Sexually Liberated Woman podcast comes from Shockrubs. Shockrubs makes beautiful, handcrafted sexual wellness products from 100% pure crystal. Crystals are a natural earth-made material that help to awaken higher levels of consciousness, work through emotional imbalances, and heal deep core wounding. Take all of that and put it in sex toy form and you've got yourself a mighty orgasmic tool. I have my own Shockrub that's made of 100% rose quartz, which is this really beautiful soft pink crystal that helps me cultivate self-love, opens my heart chakra and heightens my capacity to feel pleasure and my orgasms are incredible you guys so if you want to bring sacredness and a little witchiness to your erotic life head to shockrubs.com and use the code liberation to get 10% off your purchase that's c-h-a-k-r-u-b-s.com promo code liberation and tell them Evian sent you 